decided a long time ago about this racial question. We decided that nobody can help being what he is. Whether it turns out to be black as a cup of coffee at a truck stop, or a white southern dumbass like most of our parents. A man makes himself a man by whatever he does with himself. And in pro football, that means busting his ass for his team. So, Shake and me joke about this racial business. Like me and Shake have this thing that we say to people at luncheons or banquets when they come up to ask for our autographs and grill us about what it's like to play pro football. Oh, we don't like it so much, Shake or me will say. Mainly, we just like to take showers with niggers. A few years ago, when Shake and me first came up to the New York Giants, back there before we turned the Giants into a winner, I remember that there were some racial problems going on around the league. Seemed like everybody was some kind of a holdout. There were salary arguments and pension disputes and a lot of courtroom business, and if it wasn't the white stud quarterback who wanted another two million dollars, it was the spook flanker. These were days when there were more hell-raising agents in the dressing rooms than there was tape. This was back when the owners and coaches had a saying they lived by. They said a team with seven spooks could make the playoffs, and a team with nine spooks could get to the Super Bowl, but a team with ten spooks or more probably couldn't beat Denver. Back then, the newspapers were full of some crap about the Giants being overdue for some racial turmoil because they had slowly become a squad with almost as many spooks as Catholics. This was when Shake Tiller made his first big impression on the team, even though he was a rookie. Everybody knew Shake could catch balls and give the Giants a deep threat like they'd never had before. But everybody didn't know Shake had a big old heart in him about like a grapefruit that went around feeling things in regard to the world in general. It was up at Yankee Stadium one day after practice that Shake made this talk to the squad, which I think helped us to become a well-knit unit. Shake brought the racial turmoil out in the open where the Giants could all look at it. Shake stood up on a bench in the dressing room and said, I think we got some shit we need to talk about, man to man. I recall that Puddin' Patterson from Grambling, our best offensive guard, was flopped out on the floor picking at his toenails. And when Shake said that, Puddin' belched real loud. Puddin's with me, Shake said. Anybody else? Nobody said anything, but T.J. Lambert, our big old defensive end from Tennessee, hiked his leg and made a noise like a watermelon being dropped on concrete out of a four-story building. When everybody stopped laughing, Shake got into his talk. I think a man has a right to be whatever he wants to be, Shake said. By that, I mean if we've got any niggers who'd rather be spicks, then I say we ought to buy them some sombreros and guitars. On the other hand, if we've got any hebes who'd rather be chinks, then I say that's all right too. But I also think a nigger can be a nigger if he wants to. Shake said, There's only one thing. If a nigger's gonna be a nigger, then he better be able to block. Puddin' Patterson butted in and said, Say, baby, that don't seem fair. Cat don't have to block if he's tired, does he? Everybody laughed again. Shake smiled himself, and he said, That's right, Puddin'. You don't have to block anybody at all. But you know yourself that a some bitch you don't block or tackle is nothing but a nigger heeb spick with a little Arab thrown in. By the way, we got any Arabs around here?
Puddin said, T.J. Lambert smells like one, with a goat under each arm. As far as I know, T.J. Lambert is about the meanest bitch that ever lived, much less stunk. He's about six feet five and weighs about 260 without a towel wrapped around his freckled belly. I'd guess he takes a shower about every five days, and some people say that this alone is what makes T.J. so mean. They say that when T.J. was in college at Tennessee, he kept a mad dog chained up in his room in the dorm and used to feed it live cats. They say that instead of going down the hall to the toilet, T.J. had a habit of taking a dump in his closet. And when it got to smelling so bad in his room that even T.J. would notice it, they say he would throw a bunch of newspapers in the closet and set fire to the whole mess. I would never say to T.J.'s face that he smelled like anything other than perfume, because I think a man who can live with...